welcome to A Gem of a Secret Podcast. My name's Donna. My name is Coco Gem Holiday. How are you doing tonight, Coco? Um, I am feeling absolutely excited over the fact that we got to interact with so many of y'all last week. Yes, it was so great meeting you and being in a sober space and performing for the first time in months. Yeah, and like hearing your stories, like that was kind of cool. It was just really nice to be able to connect with people on a human level versus just you all listening to our incredibly annoying voices on a podcast. Yeah. (laughs) You know, who knows? Maybe we'll do it again sometime. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) At that very venue. Yes, specifically. (laughs) Um, Donna, what are you... um, Oh, what are you wearing this evening? I am just dressed as a giant pleaser heel. (laughs) Because I aim to please. Oh, that that's funny um so we both went in that same frame of mind uh-huh. i'm dressed as a large french fry oh. because i'm trying to fry you up uh, <laughs> no <laughs> good try though i i did it i i, I succeeded and I that was a good fry though <laughs> No, that was terrible, too. Oh. Gosh, we should just end it all. I just, people are like, why am I even listening to this? They seem so we're, cool, but we met them We're canceled week. for that right now. I just canceled us. Oh, my goodness. Okay, that's oh. the end, everybody. Uh, we'll... Such a great episode. I just... Oh, actually, Donna brought this up recently. So you said there was, what was that quote that you said to me earlier about canceling? Oh, okay. So, yeah, ContraPoints. She is a very popular YouTuber trans youtuber um that she actually got pretty bullied off of youtube and canceled and she was talking about how she has experienced sexual assault in her lifetime and internet cancellation on a wide level and she said the most traumatizing of those two experiences was being canceled that is um i've never okay so i have been sexually assaulted um, from a, I, I call it, it, it's a true sexual assault story, but like it's happenstance and it was kind of a thing where like there was just so much happening and I felt like out of control of what was happening and whatever. And I felt violated and of course, um, but I have to also admit, cause like I, I wanted to share that with everybody cause I am going to admit being canceled did emotionally feel a lot worse yeah. um, than that situation, honestly. Yeah, I, th- I think that just it shows that we need to have a little bit more tact with how we treat one another in the online landscape. Um, I, I've said it before when we've talked about cancellations on this podcast, and it, it really is like we're putting someone in the gallows and like throwing tomatoes at them and shaming them online. And we need to really look at what the repercussions of that are. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, because that stuff really hurts. And I know we've talked about canceling a lot on here, but it just when Donna said they're like, you should cancel us for that. And I was like, oh, yeah, we were talking about that earlier. And that was actually just came to my mind. Yeah. And it, I've, I've really been mulling that over just a little bit. Yeah. Um, so this episode, uh, we are going to be talking about just some kind of etiquette things and relationshipy things that were kind of on our mind. And so, when I first moved to this community, um there was, I think it was Mixed Bag. Donna was in a show at Mixed Bag, hosted by Sequin McQueen. It actually had Brittany on in it mm-hmm. and a few others. I actually remember a couple of people she said, and uh, Brittany on is my drag daughter, and Sequin McQueen is one of my closest friends. And Donna just said, it was just a really good dressing room, I think is what she was saying. She was like, it was just a really cool vibe. Like, it was a really great dressing room. Yeah. 
And just recently, I was in um, a brunch at Stag, uh, Takar Campbell Stars brunch. And in the basement, like, the vibes were just super on. Mm-hmm. And I think that that really matters, too, about the makeup of cast, sure. But it also is about just the interpersonal connections that you make in this thing. Because, like, I feel like in a dressing room, nobody is better than anyone else. Yeah. Like, we're all in the sense of like we're all colleagues we're all we've all submitted our music these are like like drag race these are the costumes i brought Mm -hmm. this is the hair i brought um every person is zipping everybody up every person's like you know fanning everybody else being kind to one another most of the time like dressing rooms tend to mostly mostly usually be a good vibe well i mean really the only thing you're competing with the other queens in the dressing room for maybe are like the tips that are out in the audience but other than that it's it's just a chill night you know it's not it's not like a pageant backstage where you're competing with one another and you hear those stories of in the pageant circuit long ago there would be a queen that would leave a razor on another queen's um station to imply that she needed to shave her face or shave her chest or something or how intimidating would that be or like putting stuff in someone's setting powder or something like that you know like yeah that would be intimidating as hell so and that's that's typically not the vibe at like a show though you know like you do have people that are helping out lending hands giving bobby pins and i'm i'm sure even now even with pageants there are you do have those sweethearts that are nice and will help out with things yeah but i have to say even when the so when the dressing room is off so, um, like I, I talked about this about four episodes ago about how I was in a show with somebody who had recently canceled me and I actually didn't spend any time in the dressing room um, no. because I didn't want to expose myself to a person who had been emotionally harmful to me. And like, and that was a really uncomfortable experience because I didn't get to have the camaraderie and yes, I made the choice, Yeah. but I did the choice for my own mental health. And so I didn't get to have the camaraderie and nobody really liked to help me, um, like in the sense of like other drag artists like my husband was there sure but other drag artists will be like oh girl you have like a hair out of place oh girl like this is you know that's incredibly isolating oh yeah it was yeah and uh, for someone who's been doing this for so long and you're used to that camaraderie that had to feel very off it was jarring as hell yeah <laughs> yeah I, I can't even imagine and you know and the thing is like it's uh, the reason that this subject is super important is just, like, how we treat each other in these kind of close-knit circles with, like, the same craft that we're doing. Like, um, I like to think about it as, like, gymnasts, right? Like, a gymnast in the locker room or whatever getting ready and, like, talking about their craft or this insanely hard thing that you have to practice at and whatever and, like, just being on this level. And those mo- those moments can make it really hard because, like, if the dressing room vibe is off, the show is also off. Like, how we treat each other as a people and the kindness that we have in those relationships are just really, really, really important. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. We also wanted to talk about dressing rooms, too, just for our audience to know what it's like in a drag dressing room at a show and kind of what's going on and the different experiences that we've had. So I want to ask you, Mm -hmm. what is one of the worst dressing room experiences you've had god it was probably that one um, (laughs) to be honest yeah and that kind of sounds actually you know what i actually think it was yeah that one like i've had fights in a dressing room that were not as uncomfortable as that like i feel like i have too honestly i would yeah i don't know well because like so i remember like when i first started drag 
Um, somebody came for me in a dressing room about what I looked like and how I felt. Oh, actually, you know, I I also know the other thing, too, about emotional dressing rooms. So, because I used to do drag with my ex-husband, and we would get into, like, mm. heated arguments in a dressing room before I went on stage. I remember the very first show I ever performed at, and actually, so both of these things happened. The very first show I ever performed at, um, one of the seasoned queens that was there kind of came for me in my drag and saying, like, I didn't look good enough. And I only had one wig at the time. I just started. So every performance, I wore the same exact wig, of course. Yeah. Um, for that first show. But I remember my ex-husband got stuck into a conversation with one of the experienced queens and missed my second number. And I remember feeling so hurt by that. Because, like, the second number was one I was really excited about. It was, like, a upbeat, fast number. And, like, I I don't know. I just felt really pushed aside, which was uncomfortable. And, like, so, and I remember that was being, like, probably one of my worst backstage dressing mishaps because of that reason, I guess. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then I did, and then the, I guess another one would be, um, <laughs> I did have it out with Elliot with, you know, three two T's in the backstage of CC's. You never told me about what happened with that. Yeah, well, I, I think we might have mentioned on the podcast, but for those of you, because we're getting a lot of people who are now just tuning in who are not listening to every single episode. So pretty much what happened is, so I had canceled, not even intentionally, like accidentally canceled uh, Elliot with two T's online because she wore a whiz a whiz inspired costume she was a taxi cab that just didn't pick up black people and it was kind of a joke in the movie about how they just couldn't catch a cab um like because it's kind of like a play on new york how black people back in the day couldn't catch a cab so i wrote online that like this girl who's always been said as being like kind of problematic and a little bit racist like she dresses as dresses a racist a, taxi dresses as a racist taxi and so i get booked in a show with her in portland <laughs> <laughs> Because me, right? <laughs> like, that's the most Coco thing I've ever because heard. Because what else? Because <laughs> what else? So we're in the backstage together, and I actually wanted to have a conversation with her, and I said, hey, so I am the, because I was, I was the singular point of that very viral cancellation. Yeah. And I said, hey, I was the single point of starting that Wiz thing, and... I just wanted to talk to you about it. And she said to me verbatim, she's like, um, oh my God. She's like, you guys don't understand that like we're real people. And like, like I got death threats over that. Like that really messed with my mental health. Like that was a really horrible thing that happened to me. Like that was just awful. And blah, blah, blah. Like just went on and on and on. And I saw her delete comments too about how she basically was telling people just leave her alone. Like, like, no, whatever, whatever. And I said to her, I didn't forgive her action intentionally. I said, I I said, basically, no one should treat you that way. Yeah. Like, period. Nor did you call for people to treat her Nor that Nor did I say that. I was like, and, and I was like, because honestly, the Drag Race stars, and I do remember talking about this in the podcast, because I'll say the same line again. Uh, with Drag Race stars, you can never really get to them. Yeah. Like, you can't really, like, they don't really see you because you're they're so far removed yeah and so um i said i never really expected you to see it i was just commenting on the face fact that that was just really tone deaf and then i told her i said look like i'm sorry you didn't know that per se like i didn't expect it to be this Mm -hmm. but like just recognize i was like 
maybe you could be a little bit more mindful to these things like and like it's not just art form like you also have to be like aware Mm -hmm. and like we kind of talked about that a little bit and like because even like when i got there uh she (laughs) she called my and it's not even like a problematic term but coming out of her mouth was weird she called my hair brandy braids and like that's not an offensive term like that's a lot of what us black kids called it because of Mm -hmm. moesha we called them brandy braids Mm -hmm. and she's like oh i love your brandy braids and blah 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 even though there were twists and it's just one of those things if we always say if you're not invited to the cookout when you say things that are not normally offensive sometimes they sound offensive mind you this is also like coming off of her just calling like some of the queens of color aggressive (laughs) (laughs) there there were some microaggressions that happened and then also having a lot of Apparently, Candy Muse had gone on record saying that there were a lot of microaggressions while they were filming coming from her. Mm-hmm. And then she, of course, has her friends in Vegas that were backing her up and saying she's not racist. She's yeah. just a little tone deaf, maybe. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I So for this, I mean, we just talked about cancellations and everything. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, I, 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 and the thing is, I do... I um, before we have our break, actually, I do want to say this. Like, now that I... This is actually kind of, like, a good reflection point for this. Now that I've been canceled by multiple people in the city who don't know crap about me and will make up narratives about me that are half-truths or barely, like, not true at all, or just being nasty, um, there is a difference when... Whenever I would get negative comments when I was on Camp Wanakiki... Like, and yes, they weren't cancellations. They were just negative comments. Like, those didn't really affect me because those people didn't know me. Mm -hmm. Now, I know if a lot of people are, like, coming after you, it does hurt and whatever. Um, But it is different with local cancellation versus public cancellation because these people do actually kind of know you a little bit. So it's a little more personal. It's a little bit more personal. And they're actively doing it to make sure that, like... Like, honestly, I just feel like people on a... This is going to be problematic, but I believe it's true. I literally believe that people on a local level will hide behind the phrase of accountability when they're canceling you or participating in the cancellation of another person because they ultimately just want you to self-harm or kill yourself. I honestly believe that. Like, because there's nothing they're going to get out of it. They can't go to the cops. They're just like, oh, I'm just trying to let you know what this person did to hold them accountable. But like, no, you're trying to hurt them. Like, but that's honestly what I believe. They really want the person to just be harmed. Yeah. I know that's a harsh line, but Because true. it's so easy to just have a conversation with someone in your community rather than taking it to Facebook, honestly. Yeah. It's so easy to do that. It's so easy to, to take it offline. Yeah. Like, why is that? Why is it the first thing you want to do is, like, get a bunch of people against this person? It's... I, I don't know. It... It's the most Portland thing ever, honestly. <laughs> I, I had seen cancellations back in my old injunction drag days, but not anything to this level. Oh, God, yeah. Nothing to this level. Um, and actually, there was a recent drama a couple weeks ago with another entertainer in the community who people aren't necessarily like, that's also a thing. This entertainer's white, so there's not lots of comments coming after them. Mm. Um, I do have to actually say that, like... People are talking about this entertainer, but they're not publicly coming for this entertainer. Mm-hmm. They're not saying things online. Uh, and she's, and obviously, the funny thing is, she's also going through it, obviously, because people are talking nasty about her. And she's like, her mental health is taking a dive, and that sucks. And yeah, like, should she have done what she did? Probably not. But like, her cancellation, and she came for some heavy hitters, was nowhere near the level of mine. Really? Yeah. Like, maybe five comments. 
maybe. <laughs> like, yeah, I think that definitely shows a double standard. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I don't know. I've said it before. Um, you're you're not a real ally if you are weaponizing um, a bunch of people against people of color in your own community instead of just trying to like meet um, your colleagues where they're at and have a productive conversation, especially if they are um, people of color. And also, let's let's not, like, put ally in our bios and, like, make it, like, a performative thing. Oof. Wow, you know? that is a... Wow. I, I don't... That's... It's wow. so It's so performative to be like, I'm an ally. Like, show through wow. action. Through, show through action and don't, like, announce it for everyone to see. So wow. it's for your ego. You know, I feel like this is where we got into all the trouble with like the Chelsea Hart stuff and uh, Modern Warrior stuff on TikTok. These were people who would proudly label themselves as allies. And now look at Chelsea, practically on the route to becoming an alt-right sympathizer because of the community that turned against them. So look how quickly someone can go from being an ally to being the exact opposite of that. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Stop putting ally in your bio. That is, um, that is a pretty deep one that I'm going to, it's, I've never actually had the word ally for any cause in my bios or whatever, but I would make, sometimes I would make a comment be like, well, as a feminist, blah, 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 because I was an idiot I think a better 20s. way to say it is like, this is a safe space for everyone. Like safe space. I don't know. I just, a I, safe do, space for everyone, I think so. ally is a little bit egocentric too. It's like, okay, what, what gave you that title? Because that's not something that you'd, you bestow up upon yourself. It's something that the community that you're supportive of gives to you. It's not something that you give yourself. I feel like they literally, I feel like, um, <laughs> I feel like people, I've actually removed the title woke from people, mm-hmm. like, because I feel like they've used it themselves and I'm like, oh no, baby, you are not woke. Like, and like, and that's the same thing I feel about the term ally. Uh, ally, the term, I talk about allies. I, okay. So as a bi-gender person, I call myself an ally to the trans community because I fall under the trans flag mm-hmm. as a bi-gender person. But for a different cause, like um, like women's rights or something like that, I no longer say I'm an ally or those things like that. I do try to just do it through actions because that's more impactful. But I never thought about it, um, about not doing it because it was performative. That is really eye-opening to me. I think like, it that's... is. I don't know. Well, now that I feel, like, I feel like you're right. Like, that's... I think it feeds your ego more than it does, like, allowing you to be an open, safe space for people of color. I feel like people. I feel like it's not performative. So I, yeah, the term ally. But I do like it when I do see, for my safety, mm-hmm. I do like it when I do see when people. And I know some black activists don't feel this way, but like when I see BLM in a profile or something like that, I appreciate that because I know that this profile on TikTok is a safe space. Yeah. But yeah, saying I'm an ally does feel you know it's kind of interesting that does feel a little bit performative. Like wow. When you bestow that title on yourself, it feels performative to me. I I mean. Wow. Yeah, because you've always shown your allyship with never having to use the word ally. We talk about allies in the sense of, like, the queer community, like, with straight folks, like, you know, with our allies. Because that's the way to say somebody who's accepting and inclusive without having a long-ass word. Yeah. I also don't want to give myself a whole lot of credit because it's, like, you know, like, I would be out there doing a lot more if I had the resources and, like, mental capacity to do so. Um, And I want to keep doing more. I I think it's a continual thing to keep proving ourselves as, like, worthy... um, allies to different marginalized communities i you know like you have to keep doing the work show through action and not through your words well that's because when you have to when you have to consistently and also like is that's a drain when you have to consistently keep working to uh 
have these narratives, uh, like further these narratives and these directions and these decisions, it does take a lot of work and it's a lot of drain. Oh gosh. And actually I need to say it bef before we do our break, this part. Recently I went through something that I haven't told Donna about. Um, quite a few scenarios um, where I, uh, I went, I recently went to, cause I don't want to bash the event. The event, there was nothing wrong with the event. It just was very, very white. Mm. I mean, very white. And yeah. like, like there was a lot of people and it was super, super white. And I remember feeling a twinge of uncomfortability in a queer space because it was a very, 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 very white event in a queer space. Like normally, like when you're dancing at CC's, even though the crowd is predominantly, not predominantly, but it's like a really straight crowd, you'll get kind of like a mixture of colors. But like this event, like it was very white. And I remember I went outside with one of the people who work at the bar who is, um, who's black. Mm -hmm. um, and we were talking about it. I was like, I was like, have you, did you? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, yeah, it's just, I was like, I don't want this to be problematic because like gay white men also need their space to like be gay and like make out and like meet and whatever. Like, but it also felt like, like we talk about this in the bear community a lot that like, black bears and blacker bigger people and black actually black gay men in general just like are not necessarily invited to the party sometimes uh -huh. and that's not saying that the event is inherently racist but the i why they're not there is inherently racist uh -huh. like if they're not feeling comfortable and welcome because even i stepped outside i was like there's i was like i i was like i feel like i'm the kid being picked last at kickball yeah. Like, and even though I'm not trying to, like, bang any of these dudes, like, it was, I, it was really weird. Yeah. It was like, ugh. And, like, and I, and it's funny because, like, I bet those people do, like, say I'm an ally to the black community or, like, have the BLM sticker in their profiles and stuff like that. But, like, then where are your black friends at the, at the party? Like, yeah. you know? Like, ugh. It was yeah. so, it's so weird. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. But I should ask you now, Donna, Donna how are you doing this? <laughs> I will let you know after this brief break. Drag Danger Zone is a monthly showcase featuring new and established performers every month, every fourth Thursday at Mississippi Pizza, located at 3552 North Mississippi Avenue. This fun cabaret variety show is hosted by Marla Darling, Valerie DeVille, and DJ Awara. For ticket info, find us on Instagram at Drag Danger Zone PDX or Facebook at Drag Danger Zone. And get into the zone. The Drag Danger Zone, that is. It's a podcast with Coco and Donna Telepodcast. Tune into what they tell you, podcast. With Coco and Donatella podcast. Check it out. Coco, I am feeling like we might have gone off on a bit of a tangent in the first half of the episode, <laughs> but I feel like it was a somewhat needed tangent. Mm -hmm. And yeah. So let's get back on topic. What is um, one of your worst backstage um, things that happened? I think all of my bad experiences with backstage have been when there's a 
bar owner involved that is unruly and rude or going through your bags because they thought that shooters were present <laughs> at the event or they come in and then just decide to yell at you because their initials are JB and mm-hmm. um, this is all Colorado people by the way this is no one here in Portland mm-hmm. but yeah like all my bad experiences were from bar owners that didn't really know how to handle drag shows and mm-hmm. would be excessively rude to the queens mm-hmm. in the in the back and <laughs> cause problems excessively rude <laughs> and that's not to say some of them were always that way you know yeah. there was that one night at that one bar that is no longer there that you know we just had a big uh incident happen and I wanted to tell her, no, I didn't bring any shooters. I but this bottle of peppermint schnapps I have in my bag that you just looked through. Yeah, I did have that because I was an alcoholic back then. Yes, she was. Yes, she was. Oh my god, I remember that. That scenario was so triggering. That was actually, God, it's just like it's just gonna keep happening. That is actually the incident that led to my very first very horrible online public cancellation was that incident actually yeah i remember that oh god i wanted to kill myself oh my god i was there were um i I, i'm probably gonna exaggerate but i think there were over there were over 50 comments on that post oh my god yeah ripping me to shreds yeah that was fun uh, that was super fun. And that's before online public cancellations become a th- became a thing. Yeah, I mean it was like right at the beginning of it. Yeah. I would say I don't I think I would say like 2014 is kind of when that stuff took off. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. What is what was one of the best dressing room experiences you ever had? Oh. I the most intimidating one I had was at tracks. But that was also really great because, like, I had no idea. <laughs> Here, I'm going to go name dropping. I'm so stupid. I don't know. It was just a really cool experience for me because I had. So, Trax was the first gay club I had ever gone to mm-hmm. as an out person. And um, it just felt like a really full circle moment that night because in the dressing room, I was also performing with other girls from other regions that had never performed at Trax. And so we were all kind of nervous together and, like, supporting one another. And um, then when we got not only like so at tracks, there was like a little backstage before the stage Mm -hmm. and um, Nina Flowers and her husband were back there and she was like, you look amazing. And I just want to say, like, you're going to do great. Like she talked me up and was like, I she could clearly tell I was nervous, but she like was so kind to me and like introduced me to her husband and it was just a really cool experience. So I think that is probably my favorite. I don't think you told me that part. Yeah, it was like right before I went on stage, but it was was probably one of the coolest experiences um, I've had backstage at a show. That's cool. Yeah. That's really, really cool. So it got me to be not nervous because that night I was very nervous. I don't think I remember um, the best but actually well actually let's go with intimidating intimidating is interesting intimidating is an interesting term yeah um i (laughs) it would have to have been i think it actually just happened recently actually um and it's not just because i can't remember them it's just like so i was in long beach at hamburger mary's and it was honey davenport and pandora box um and two other entertainers as well 
and I just showed up in phase, and so I didn't have like all my stuff or whatever, and I mm-hmm. wasn't really in my zone or in my headspace or whatever. But like Pandora was like, "Hey, Coco, like you," because like I knew her. She was like, "Hey, like I wanna, like, if you want to, like, take my last spot." And so I did that gig, and it was actually really cool. But I was That's super so intimidated cool. because it was like, it was a last minute venue. I've always wanted to perform at Hamburger Mary's Lawn Beach. It's actually been a dream of mine. So check off the bucket list, and that was cool, and. Uh, so actually, I guess to mirror that, like when I was actually performing on the cruise mm-hmm. because I was hosting that show, yeah, um, that was probably my most intimidating, like backstage thing, even though we were kind of all just out there because like, there's all these like drag race stars and Mariah Paris Balenciaga is like, like gorgeous. Oh gosh. There's gorgeous. a reason why she's like mug like, for days. Mug for days. And then Darian, um, Darian and everybody, like they just, they're all perfect. They were all perfect. And yeah. Pandora wore her walk-in look to the her recent season of All Stars, uh-huh. which is that gown that just shimmers and shines yes. and whatever with the yeah. long shoulder Very pads. Very iridescent. I like, yeah. I was like, oh my god, these people are just so much prettier than I am. <laughs> I mean, I think both of those experiences though say a lot. So like, hey, I know probably not many of you listen to this, but any queen of prominence, any drag race girls, like if you're kind to especially a queen like me who's never been on any sort of reality programming. Mm-hmm. And likely never will be. Um, if, if you're kind to us, like, small-time gals, like, you can make a world of difference for us. <laughs> because, yeah. honestly, like, having that experience, it it's what encouraged me to um, really perform better, you know? Yeah. So I, I just want everybody to know that even if you are, like, you have achieved some level of notoriety, like, just being kind to some of those queens that are, like, either starting out or are not quite at the same level of you, um, it can really make the difference in how they perform and, and how their night is going, so. Yeah. Be agree. kind, yeah. Be kind to one another. And thank you for all of those of you that are. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, so, uh, I guess so some of the best, the best moment I ever had in uh, a dressing room would usually would normally be when I'm performing around a lot of people I'm actually good friends with. Yeah. Like, so whenever like me and Natalie and uh, yeah, Natalie Simone and Donatella would be backstage or whatever with like good friends. It was always fun. Honestly, yeah. it was always fun when it was us. Yeah, just, like, being silly. And then also, like, when we would go out of town together for yeah. those bigger shows and, like, just have a lot of fun. Yeah. Like, that was always really cool. Um, yeah. I loved I love traveling for drag. I think it's a really fun experience and whatever. And so, yeah, like, that's actually kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So let's – a little bit more about backstage. What is – um. what's one thing that you've regretted about any of your own backstage – behavior and talking i know like shit <laughs> like i'll say it i'm talking shit honestly mm-hmm. i i i don't know like i when i drank i would be a very loose-lipped so if someone was bugging me then i would probably say something about it um i'm not gonna say probably because i definitely did in the past say stuff about it but um yeah probably my my worst experience was when i i would do stuff like that because i was i was drinking and not being very tactful but i've learned a lot and for me, it's, like, more so about being professional. And if I'm with friends, having a little bit of fun. Yeah. And I I think mine would be, mine's actually kind of silly. Uh, the thing that I regret is uh, spreading out. 
Oh, I, you lose so much, too. I've lost I, so much drag so from much spreading drag. out. Yeah. And what we mean by spreading out, because actually that probably doesn't make sense to people who don't do a lot of drag that listen yeah. to this. Spreading out is what I call it when, um, when, so, like, you know, we all have our, like, suitcases in our bags or whatever, and then, like, you're you're trying to get ready, and so you kind of start taking things out. And you choose like... an area in the dressing room that's mm-hmm. kind of your station, even if there's not set aside stations, like, there is in a traditional dressing room. Yeah. Um, I, so literally what happened is like, I tend, I still do kind of to this day, I spread out like Mm -hmm. a lot, a lot. Um, because like my being a bigger person, my clothes are just bigger. Yeah. And so like, they kind of just start flowing outward and it just kind of, and I hate spreading. I always regret that because like I take up more space than I should be taking up. And, um, and then also if somebody accidentally knocks over my suitcase, it'll take forever to clean up and it's awkward. And I just, so mine's a little silly. Like I regret spreading out. Yeah. Well, and most of the time these dressing rooms are fairly small. Like a lot of the times these venues that we're performing in don't have a traditional dressing room. It's like mm-hmm. the liquor storage closet in the back of the, <laughs> the liquor storage. closet. I, yeah. the smallest most narrow dressing room I've ever gotten ready in was like overtaken by kegs. And, you know, there, I think there was a rat that scurried across the floor at some point and there was like spilled and broken beer bottles. And it's Mm -hmm. like, you know, like that's just kind of, it's what you have to expect when you're performing is that you're going to have some dressing rooms that are a not meant to be dressing rooms, but b also kind of just small cramped areas. (laughs) Oh yeah, absolutely. And it, and it's just one of those things of like being courteous and being kind yeah. and and like trying to make it work and like oh I did oh what did somebody say there was a dressing room recently with like a drag race star or something like that who were like we're all professionals it's fine yeah we'll make it work yeah we all can deal with the closet you know, yeah kind of stuff yeah I would say honestly though too with um another regret it was probably drinking as much as I drank um and like crying in dressing rooms or just spreading out oh, and being gosh. messy. And... You would cry in dressing rooms was always the most annoying part of any That's where the alcohol would take me. That's where the alcohol would take me. Like, I have different modes. I'm either crying, I'm like... I would be drunk, like, trying to rage and like, yell at someone because I felt the most confrontational when I was drinking and mm-hmm. all that liquid courage decided that I, I needed to have this rage moment right in that moment. Um, so, yeah. No, I, I mean, I obviously have a lot of regrets about how I used to drink and how I used to treat people. And I think that that's fair and that's fine. Yeah. I think that that, like, you've definitely all, you've grown, obviously, but, like, those, I do remember some of my favorite moments with you specifically is like it would be like successful show mm-hmm. like remember there was a point when like we were always like walking in with bank into yeah. those shows like yeah. bank and we would like be like we'd always do that like celebratory shot yeah like that that like we would all go like let's just get one more shot and, like yeah. you know whatever because we never really paid for our drinks and um and just like had that job well done that was always some of my favorite even though that's in on stage, yeah, uh, that was some of my favorite um, kind of things for yeah. backstage between you and I, yeah, because we did a lot of great work. Yeah, we did, we did, mm-hmm. we had a lot of fun. It was, and it's still fun. It's just fun in different ways now. Yeah, it is. I, d- I definitely, you know, I 
as someone who doesn't drink, though, like have had to remove myself from a lot of those situations because I feel hypocritical pushing bar sales when I have a binge drinking problem. So that's, I mean, that's, yeah, it's, it's just very different now. Um, it's obviously been a little bit of some time since I've been backstage at a dressing room, but, Mm -hmm. um, I think something that I always appreciate is just being able to connect with other people and, um, have some meaningful conversations with them. Austin Drag Fest, you know, we got to meet people from all sorts of different oh, backgrounds. Yeah. And I'm I'm actually headlining that in some capacity here soon, which I'm really excited about. Mm-hmm. Um, not headlining. I'm being featured. Mm. Featured. Um, and featured is where they give me some perks and benefits and whatever like that. But I don't know if I'll actually be able to go the, because it, the gas prices are just mm. horrible. And, like, my return flight, I think, is clocking in around, like, four hundred dollars oh my god and like the down there flight is like clocking in around like 160 like (sighs) it's a yeah i don't know if i'll be able to go um but we'll we'll figure it out yeah um so i think that brings us to the end of this episode i I think think so the things that we wanted to get yeah Uh, we talked about a lot in this episode (laughs) (laughs) um if you want to talk with us about any of the things that you feel that you disagree with then do so in a polite manner and do so either in our dms or face to face so be on our socials uh to look at any and all of what we're having like follow us on tiktok follow us on um, subscribe to our Patreon as well. Yeah. Because those things are live now. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And go visit our website for all that information at agendaofasecretpodcast.com. Yep. Bye, everybody. Bye. This has been another episode of A Gem of a Secret Podcast. The hosts of A Gem of a Secret Podcast are Donna and Coco Gem Holiday. You can follow Donna at Donatella underscore my secrets on Instagram. You may follow Coco Gem Holiday at Coco Gem Holiday on Instagram. Original music by Touche Douche and Party Favors. You can follow them respectively at Touche Likes Beef and Party Favors Music on Instagram. For more content, follow them online at www.ajemofasecretpodcast.com. That is www.ajemofasecretpodcast.com.